How's it going today, guys? Once again, back here in the studios, another episode of Hot Takes with TP3. Today is Tuesday, May 29th. We got Kobe in the studio. Once again, say what's up to the people. What's going on, guys? Glad to be back. Look forward to talking about some basketball here today. Oh, yeah, guys. So, obviously, last night I was pretty disappointed. It was uh, Game 7, Rockets-Golden State. I mean, y'all saw on Twitter I picked Golden State to win the game. They covered the spread. Um, I mean, it's just it was rough. I had to do it. But this game honestly just upsets me, though, because Chris Paul didn't play. I firmly believe that if Chris Paul had played last night, that Houston would have won the game. I mean, the plus minuses and the splits with and without him on the floor are amazing. I think the biggest evidence, though, is in uh, back in game five when they uh, won when they pulled off the victory in Golden State. Houston, um, Harden had 24 points in the first half, and he only finished the game with 30, but Chris Paul had like 17 points in the second half, and he absolutely carried the team down the stretch, hitting all the big shots. Plus, I feel like his defensive intensity and just the intensity and he brings as a player, like every single play, Chris Paul's running his mouth, talking smack to somebody, letting them know that they need to, like telling KD to stop complaining and play basketball. I just feel like Chris Paul has that swagger and that vibe when he's out there on the floor that he brings to the table and I think Golden State uh, I mean Houston greatly missed it yeah it was a, it was a disappointment for sure to not see Chris Paul out there would have liked to see how the series would have went if he did play but I'm gonna have to disagree with you there on the fact that I think the Warriors still would have came out on top after this game I mean the numbers I mean they kind of look the same from the other games you know Steph had his usual third quarter KD had 30 plus Clay had 20, and I just think that, you know, I think offensively the Warriors would have still kept it going, and I think Chris Paul, you know, would have, you know, not taken away from some of the other players, but, you know, I think that having him wouldn't have helped, you know, at all. Well, I feel like he's such a good defensive point guard that he would have uh, stopped Steph Curry and kind of kept him in check like he had done all series at home. I mean, that third quarter was where the game was won and lost once again, and it speaks volumes to how good of a coach Steve Kerr is. It makes me mad whenever people try to say, oh, Steve Kerr, he's not a good coach. He, what he does is so easy. I mean, Mark Jackson could only get fourth in the West, and Steve Kerr now is going on to his fourth in NBA Finals in four years. So, I mean, he must be doing something right. I love the way that Steve Kerr coaches this team. He does a great job with them, I personally think. But going back to Chris Paul, I just feel like that not having him out there kind of killed the vibe for the Rockets. I mean, we've seen how James Harden's played in the playoffs in the, in the past. So, I mean, saying he choked last night, I mean, he's got to take 29 shots. He's the star. He went cold from three. It is what it is. Players go through stretches where they're hot and they're cold. I mean, Harden w- did everything he could more in the first half. Where yeah, I think he had uh, 14 points in the first quarter, and he carried them in the first half. It wasn't until the third and fourth quarter, just like in game six, where they were able to shut him down and lock him up, and that's where he really missed from Chris Paul. I mean, Houston, though, did some gr- amazing things when they had Chris Paul on the floor. They were the first team in the Kevin Durant era to hold the Warriors under 100 points at home. No other team had done it to him, and the Spurs are the only other team to do it in this playoffs. You actually have to go back to Game 7, where that they lost to the Cavs the last time they were held under 100 points in a playoff game. So, I mean, that's just crazy to me right there. So, I really think 
This is something we'll kind of never know if Houston was better than Golden State this year. I don't think Houston will be as good next year. They got a lot of aging pieces on this team. They played a lot of guys big minutes, lots of long minutes. I think it'll take a toll on those players' bodies. I mean, this Houston team did amazing things, but when it comes down to it, they lived and died by the three, and they died by the three last night, shooting seven of 44 for 15%. Yeah, this Houston team, I mean, they have nothing to be ashamed of. They went to seven games against the defending champs. Like we've said before, probably one of the best teams in NBA history, but I hate, like you said, I hate how people kind of come at James Harden like it was his fault. You know, he he did as much as he could. He didn't, you know, you can't beat the Warriors by yourself. And, you know, when you go, when the team goes 7 of 44 on three-pointers with, you know, Ariza missing all nine of his attempts and Gordon going two for 12, I mean, that just, that's that, that hurts you. And like, like you said, you know, those role players kind of didn't really show up as much as they had before, you know, kind of with the game five and game four and five, we saw Gordon step it up. We saw guys like Tucker have 16 boards one game, but we didn't really have any or anybody else other than Harden, you know, doing too much last night for the Rockets. And it was kind of unfortunate to see. Yeah, Tucker actually had a decent game. He had a double double once again. But I mean, I agree with you completely. Like I was saying earlier about Steve Kerr being a great coach. That's where Steve Kerr being that elite coach kind of comes into play, you know, with taking these guys out of the series and making it more lopsided towards Golden State and hurting those guys. But, I mean, Houston, looking looking ahead next year, I don't think going for LeBron's a good move for them. I think LeBron kind of doesn't fit their mold at all. They already have their two ball-majority players in Harden and Paul. And then I feel like LeBron also isn't good enough of a three-point shooter to stick with their team. They really just need to make sure they can re-sign Capella and re-sign Eric Gordon. But at the same time, what's overpaying for Capella? If you look at Capella, I mean, it's a guy who doesn't really have any moves. You know what I mean? He's just more of a pick and roll shot blocker rebounder I mean he's really good at what he does but I mean when do you ever see Clint Capella post up and get a bucket or take a dribble and jab step at someone and then dunk it like you never see Capella doing stuff like that he shoots five times a game and they're all dunks at the rim and he can't shoot free throws so I really think paying more than 12 to 14 million for Capella I mean you got to pay 14 million I think just to keep him around if you're Houston but anything over that is just foolish and ridiculous and I think we'll see some team throw way too much money at him this offseason yeah, I look forward to see what the Rockets do in the upcoming offseason. You know, like you said, they kind of got some aging pieces, but re-signing Gordon and Capella are their main priorities right now. I think a lot of people forget about how, you know, the bench, how big of the, uh, a role the bench can play in a game. You know, the Warriors have a bench that, you know, they can they can take out Curry and Thompson and Durant and still afford to, you know, win games. They have guys like, you know, Sean Livingston coming off the bench, Nick Young, just big players who can come off the bench and kind of give those guys some rest so I would like to see the Rockets you know in the offseason sign some some key bench players who could get some minutes and maybe you know defend against those Warriors second team players. Yeah, no, I mean, I think the Rockets have a decent bench. I really just think Ryan Anderson, his contract kind of limits them a lot more than what they do. I mean, they just don't use Nene as much in this series mm-hmm. as they do in others just because of the personnel. But, I mean, I agree with you on that. The war, Steve Kerr did, once again, another great coaching job last night of kind of using Sean Livingston as that athletic Iguodala-like mm-hmm. defender. He had 24 minutes and didn't shoot over five shots. So, I mean, he was really just out there defending, and he was very effective when he was on the floor. So, I love seeing what they did there. But we'll get into more Warriors stuff later. For now, though, let's move over to the – 
other losing team in this game seven and we'll talk about the Celtics. Alright guys, so obviously game seven, it came down to it. Celtics, what got them there? Brown, Rozier, and Smart. I feel like Jalen Brown, Marcus Smart, Terry Rozier, all of them absolutely carried this team. Obviously Jason Tatum and Horford did as well. I mean, those guys showed up though in game seven and I'll talk about Tatum in game seven here in a second, but really looking at it though, guys, I mean, to me, Brown and Rozier, just, they just faded down the stretch and that's what they really needed. I mean, Rozier was 0 of 10 from three. That's huge right there. Marcus Smart was 1 of 10 from the field. I mean, Jalen Brown, either those guys couldn't throw in the ocean and, you know, it's kind of like the Rockets. They lived and died by the three. They lived and died by these young studs and, I mean, they couldn't carry him past him, but Jason Tatum did not back down from the moment. He was trading shots with LeBron at one point and put him on a poster and stared him down after we've seen LeBron block so many people's shots in this playoffs. So, I mean, Jason Tatum showed me he has a lot of charisma and a lot of um, not backing down, and that's what you want to see. I'm going here with my hot, with an extremely hot take, and I'm going to say Jason Tatum makes the makes the uh, NBA All Star team next season. I just feel like that really. in the East, East is pretty weak, and Tatum did not back down at all. I feel like that next season he'll play even better with Gordon Hayward out there on the court, who kind of I think is a little bit better passer than Brown, and will help a little bit more, obviously Kyrie too, because you got to think about it. He's the number one option right now, and he's getting the best defender on the team on him, and he's still get, giving him buckets. So I feel like that that's going to stick the same, but. I mean, the Celtics, then that game, I mean, they did what they could, but they just came up short. Yeah, I mean, man, oh, man, did Tatum just put LeBron on a poster. I've never seen LeBron get dunked on that like that, like you were saying. Um, I respect Tatum, you know. I think the bump after the dunk kind of, you know, set LeBron and the Cavs off. So, didn't really like that move from the rookie. But, um, you know, you got to be impressed with what he did. Dropping 24 in a game seven, you know, your first career game seven against the king you know like he was saying kind of after the game he was saying you know it's just an honor and a privilege just to be playing against a guy like that he was begging him to follow him a couple years ago on twitter but yeah like you said the the celtics just i think the inexperienced was what killed them in that series or in that game seven you know they you know kind of like colin cowherd said you know they could they were big and bad on the on the uh, or not on the road but at home games one two and five but then when it came down to game seven you know you can't. LeBron's gonna. He's gonna give you his best. Obviously, he didn't even come out one second of that game, which is ridiculous to me. In your fifteenth season, um, that was his two hundred thirty fifth career game, and he's still playing every minute. So that's kind of ridiculous. But you know, the Cavs. They uh, before the game, I know we didn't do a podcast, but I I did think that the Cavs were gonna come out on top just because you know it's hard to pick against LeBron, but. Mm-hmm. With the upcoming series against the Warriors, which I know we're going to talk about here in a little bit, I don't know, you know, if he has the weapons to beat the Warriors. So it was the I'm I'm glad, you know, the season that the, the Celtics had. They had a very impressive season. If you know, if you would have told their fans that they were going to seven games against the Cavs in the Eastern Conference Finals, I'm sure they would have took that, and so they can't be upset with their season. Oh, no, not at all. I mean, this Warrior, or the Celtics definitely overachieved in this series, no doubt about it, and in these playoffs, getting this far, missing their two best players, and Kyrie Irving, a guy who, you know, would have made a huge difference mm-hmm. for him in Cleveland. I mean, that's a stadium that was basically his house there for a while, so, I mean, he's got the playoff experience. He's won a ring, and he really carried that team, him and LeBron both. He averages the, I think it was either the fourth or the fifth most all-time points in elimination games, so, mm-hmm. I mean, Kyrie 
Kyrie Irving's big money baller, no doubt about it. But looking back at that game, I really in this series, I really feel like LeBron was almost like a prize fighter and kind of like in the way he did it. The first round, he played defense to see what he's up against. The second round, he went on the offensive to see what he could do when he's on the offensive. Then after that, he kind of knew what he had to do and he got it done mm-hmm. every single time he needed to after that. And even in game seven, it just kind of looked like, I mean, he was still trying to get his teammates involved. His teammates played well. I'll get into that a little bit more. But I mean, he just absolutely dominated. And I think that Tatum, like you said, that bump from Tatum kind of got him yeah. going. And LeBron was like, all right, this is over. This is, this is my series. This is my house. This is my ring. And he, he's <laughs> yelling at the crowd yeah. after and he had that big and one when Morris tried to get him. I feel like that was his way of saying to his season or I mean his uh, house and kind of telling yeah. the crowd to sit down. Y'all are going home. I thought I love that move by LeBron. But I mean, yeah, I picked the Celtics in this series. Um, I think going moving forward, the Celtics have a third all star here in Jason Tatum to go along with Al Horford, Kyrie Irving and Gordon Hayward. So, I mean, they could potentially have four all stars in the game next year, I think, or in the next next years to come. I think the Celtics definitely in the future are going to need a point guard, but they get that Kings pick or it's like Lakers or Kings pick from one of those trades in the past. So they're going to have a high up draft pick here coming again soon where I think they should get them a draft, a point guard prospect. Cause let's be honest, Kyrie Irving is injury prone. He's never played mm-hmm. 82 games in his career and he's missed all kinds of series. I wanted that on another podcast, but I just think that Brad Stevens is such a good coach. They'd be benefit greatly from getting another young point guard because I don't think they should trade Terry Rozier. I think they mm-hmm. should play out his contract this year with how well he played. He's a good backup point guard, and they need him moving forward next season. I'm actually picking, probably going to end up picking the Celtics to win the finals next year. They play Golden State good every single time. They know how to match up against them. They match up well. So I definitely think that this is a team that's going to be there for a lot more years to come mm-hmm. if they stay healthy. Yeah, they're my team on the radar for sure with Irving and Hayward coming back next year. I mean, like you said, Tatum's going to be an all-star eventually. They got Horford. I mean, that's those are four all-star type players. And, you know, that's what it's going to take to beat a team like the Warriors. And especially, you know, not only that, having uh, one of the best coaches in the NBA, that's something else it's going to take to, you know, kind of outcoach someone like Steve Kerr. And I'm really excited to see what the Celtics do this upcoming summer or this upcoming offseason. And I think, you know, like you said, it would be a great move for the uh, Celtics to get, you know, another addition to the bench. You know, they have a bunch of good role players. They got guys like Smart. I don't know if they're going to re-sign Smart. I know Smart's looking for more money, is, is at least what his agent said. They got Morris off the bench, you know, Baines. So I look forward to see what, you know, they're doing, what they're going to do in the offseason with, you know, Kyrie coming back and Gordon Hayward coming back. Yeah, you know, I feel like every good team needs that dirty work and hard work kind of player like P.J. Tucker is mm-hmm. to the Rockets, like Draymond is to the Warriors. I feel like that's Marcus Smart for them. Obviously, I think Marcus Smart's the biggest hack and flopper in the league, mm-hmm. but I'll give it to him. He plays as hard as he can, and he goes all out for it. So, I mean, got to give it to him there. I agree with you. I think he might end up getting more money than he deserves from another team, but if I were Marcus Smart, I would stay, for the, stay with the Celtics. Obviously, though, he might chase money because he's still on a rookie deal, but mm-hmm. He's the perfect piece here for them off the bench. And, I mean, he does so many things for them that they can't really replace. But I think the Celtics will try to do what they can to to pay him. But overall, great season for the Celtics. They overachieved for sure. But now let's get down to the big guy, the finals, baby. Can't wait. 
So NBA Finals, first games on Thursday. Obviously, I'm excited. Um, here's a little future bet for those of y'all tuning in. Clay Thompson, he's plus uh, 1,700 on the money line for him winning MVP. Uh, I feel like Clay Thompson's a big-time player. I'll get into that here in a few minutes. But <clears throat> my pick for the series is Warriors in four. I just feel like the Warriors are a matchup nightmare for the Cavs. I think that this team has been resilient all season long. We saw the way they fought back against Houston. I mean, yeah, I said the only reason they got here was because Chris Paul was out. But, I mean, still, this team fought and they played hard this team owns the third quarter so they definitely have the way superior coach in this in this series with Steve Kerr but and the Cavs honestly their best chance to beat them was when they had Kyrie Irving and they already traded that chance up but I just feel like that Steve Kerr even if he is losing these games in the third quarter he'll come out I think the Cavs are going to lose by 30 on Thursday night I think they're going to get absolutely blown out of the water I just feel like that you look at the matchups they have four people that can throw at LeBron defensively and slow down LeBron with Thompson Green Iguodala that is if he's healthy and able to play which I think he will be and Duran as well can do a great job at defending him and slowing him down with the length he has. I mean, you have the second best player to LeBron in the league. The Warriors have four other all-stars on their team. Iguodala, who's kind of a more washed-up all-star but plays the defensive role, so he plays a big role for this team. I mean, yeah, they don't have a rim protector, but when has Golden State ever needed a rim protector? The other part of this matchup, too, that scares me is Golden State's top five in the NBA in possessions per game. The Cleveland is more towards the bottom. They like a slow-down pace, half-court pace. Golden State likes to run, and I just feel like that unless Cleveland can dominate them in this half-court pace, that there's no way they can win. And what I've seen from Cleveland all season long is when they're in that half-court pace, they go through stretches where they can't score, and that's where Golden State goes on a quick 12-0 run, and the game's over from there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's, you know, I hate that we're seeing this for the fourth time in a row, but like you said, I do like the Warriors. Not I like them in five, not four. I think LeBron's good enough great enough to get, you know, one win at home, maybe – probably game three I would say you know they come out and are hyped to be home but Warriors take game four and five that's what I'm thinking but yeah it's 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 just like unfortunate because you know LeBron doesn't have as much help I hate that he doesn't have Kyrie anymore that you know that kind of sucks for him and you know the Warriors I think there's yeah like you said they're going to get out and transition score they're going to go on hot runs you know have it go on a 12-0 run here a 13-1 run there and just being I don't see them losing a game to the Cavs at home if it gets any further than five games but that's my prediction for this series. Yeah, and another interesting stat here is Golden State actually out-rebounded Houston in the last three games of that series, and that was when Houston played mostly with the small lineup. So we know that they're going to have to – Cavs are going to go small. Honestly, we could see Jeff Green or uh, LeBron in there at center in some points from what they're going to have. But uh, So I really feel like that the Cavs will get destroyed on the boards in that. Obviously, though, at the same time, LeBron's a little different of a player than Hardner Paul, so he provides a little more rebounding. But I still feel like they're going to get destroyed on the boards with that green will be tracking them all down him and KD but I really think that um, Jeff Green and, and uh, J.R. Smith are going to have to step up and play really well. Obviously, Kevin Love will too. LeBron needs all those role players scoring 10 to 15 points each along with him doing his thing. Personally, I think the Warriors are going to be able to frustrate him and slow him down. I really think this is going to be Klay Thompson's series because LeBron's going to have to guard KD or Steph because LeBron's your best defensive player you have. I mean, he's going to be using all his energy on offense and defense. I mean, I don't think LeBron can go 48 minutes every single game, but he does get that three-day rest. So, I mean, 
LeBron's going to have to play pretty much every minute and he's going to have to guard one of their best players. So I really think Klay Thompson is going to eat. I feel like that he's that big time player. He had tw- he had a uh, 23 and 35 in the last two games, ex- obviously excluding last night. But I mean, he absolutely went off in those two games and he stepped up when the other players were not stepping up. And we, I mean, we saw him with the 13 points against the, or 13 threes against the Thunder and like Klay Thompson's that big time player. And I feel like that he's going to have an MVP caliber performance here. I mean, who do you think is going to be the X factor in this series for either team? Um, that's that's a tough one. I think, you know, I think for the Warriors, I think it's going to be Iguodala. I think he's been kind of the X factor the last couple of years. I mean, in 2015 against the Cavs, he was the, actually the finals MVP because he was somebody who could guard LeBron. I, the Cavs, I think Jeff Green's going to be going to have to be the guy who shows up for them. You know, his first game, his first five games in the Eastern Conference Finals, he had 28 points. And then those last two where they won at home and on the road in game seven he had 33 points combined so you know we saw 19 out of him in game seven so i think if jeff green you know can make some shots out some outside shots get to the hole that he'll be a factor for the Cavs. but yeah i just want to touch on you know how are the Cavs going to slow down this warriors team because i mean the only way we've seen for the warriors to be beat is you know to score more than them obviously and that's that's, you know, cliche to say, but it's hard to do when you have Kevin Durant, Clay Thompson, Steph Curry on the floor. I mean, who's going to guard Steph? George Hill? I, I don't know. I don't see him shutting him down. And then last year, you know, Kevin Durant was shooting 30, 13 to 21 for uh, 31 points when LeBron James was guarding him. So, you know, that's, that's tough right there when you have your best defender, LeBron James, getting torched from Kevin Durant. So I just don't see, you know, like they just don't match up well and it's going to be a tough series for the Cavs. Yeah, no, I just, I agree with you on that too, that it's going to be a tough series for the Cavs. I just think that Golden State's pace is going to be unmatched by the Cavs. I mean, like you said, you've got to score points in order to play with them. And I just don't think the Cavs have the firepower to kind of when the Cavs beat them. It was them slowing the game down and playing a half court pace. And then LeBron and Kyrie literally could not miss a single shot. Like, I swear, those they played out of their minds. Like, they stepped up and literally it was LeBron and Kyrie just passing the ball between them two. Because, I mean, remember, Kevin Love was a complete Mm -hmm. non-factor the whole series. It was LeBron, Kyrie, and Tristan Thompson and kind of J.R. Smith's defense that got after it for him. It was those four guys like doing everything. And then they got the combined efforts of Delhi and like other players like that. But they did an amazing job of just of, uh, slowing the game down and scoring points. If you can slow the game down, and score points in the half court sets, you control the pace of the game. Houston did a good job of doing it too, of kind of slowing down and playing their ISO ball. When every single time Houston won, they did not have a lot of assists. All they did was play their ISO ball and everyone said they couldn't do it, but they did it. The Cavs like to play ISO ball. If somehow the Cavs can knock down a lot of shots, I mean, they can win. So if the Cavs can impose their style of play on this series, they can absolutely win this series. But will they be able to? That's not going to be an easy task at all, and I don't see Cleveland doing that. Yeah, it's, it's going to be tough. Uh, it, it'll be interesting to see if LeBron gets one of those first two games on the road. I think this series, you know, is a little bit more interesting at least. If he can steal game one or game two and then maybe win one at home, you know, we could see a 2-2 series going back to Golden State, and who knows what could happen. But do I think that's going to happen? I, do, I don't at all I mean last year it took a heck of a performance from the Cavs you remember that game four last year when they were down 3-0 I don't even know they broke the record for most threes in a game and kind of spanked the Warriors but that's what it's going to take to beat this team and I don't know if this year's Cavs can do what last year's Cavs team did 
even in one game. Yeah, without Kyrie Irving, I don't think they can at all. I just kind of want to see another LeBron oop off mm-hmm. the backboard, honestly. I still think that is the greatest in-game dunk slash play I've ever seen in a basketball game. I don't care what anybody says about any other play. That play was absolutely filthy. A alley-oop off the backboard is like an all-star game, mm-hmm. like like kind of the charity game like play. Like That's not what you see in a game. LeBron ooped it to himself in mm-hmm. traffic. Like yeah. He was just like, what that am I doing with it? Boom. But, Didn't know he was going to yeah, do it. Ended up throwing off the board. I was just like, oh my goodness, what's going on. Yeah, when I saw that, I was like, it doesn't even matter. LeBron's the best player I've ever seen, but I mean, I'm excited to watch this series. I Like you said, I kind of hate seeing that these two teams play each other again tomorrow. We're going to more so focus on the upcoming talent in the league and what all is coming up here in the league. We'll have a little bit more on this matchup, but mostly the upcoming talent in the league As I'm telling you all, this Cavs uh, Warriors run is kind of over. This is the last year we're going to see it, but Kobe, I appreciate having you on again. Yes, sir. Pleasure as always. And we'll see you all again uh, tomorrow. I got him on the end of the rice. The home of the ran with the diners. Every week I change my clouds. Got a fence store in my house. Got a building garage in my house. Gotta wash up my wrist cause the house. My bitch ain't sleep in my house. Make a sleep at the hotel now. And when you talk me, you talking on cap. And your diamonds ain't looking like tap. I was always looking for the pouch. Keep an army, bitch, my lap.